Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hey everyone, welcome to season two of the Gossip Nista podcast, coming to you live from the Empire State, the beautiful Big Apple, the home of the brave and free, home to Lady Liberty, the concrete jungle where dreams are made of, and where if you can still make it here, you can make it anywhere. From the Upper East Side of Manhattan, I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and can I just say how happy I am to be a part of this city right now more than ever, and to be back and be able to share firsthand perspectives from New Yorkers and all those who make the city go round with you. I want to take a moment to give a huge shout out and much love to all essential workers, health workers, the city of New York, and anyone who's been affected by this virus. Today, my guest and good friend, Manisha Rayofi, a young professional and New Yorker, is sharing her incredible story and battle with the coronavirus and how she beat it. So without further ado, here is her story. Manisha, Hi, how are you? It's been so long since I've seen you. I'm so glad you've recovered and you're well. You look beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Good to be on here finally. Yes, I mean, it's not good in the sense that it's because of a bad reason, right? But um, I'm, as I said, I'm happy to have you 100% recovered now from the coronavirus. And you're here today to kind of just share with us, you know, what you experienced and how you got through it. And, and again, I'm so grateful to, for you to share this with us and to be seeing your face. Um, just for context, guys, me and her are doing Zoom. This will not be shared, but the audio will. So she's looking great and she's, she's going to tell us everything. So Nisha, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad I don't have to take a, you know, wash my hair for this today. <laughs> I don't think anyone's washing their hair or, or putting on pants on the bottom for Zoom meetings, right? So we're good. So, so how are you feeling? Let's start with, with that. I am finally feeling like my normal self. Um, I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel. I feel like I'm tired all the time, but I think that's just me being stuck at home, doing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing as well. So I don't know if that's like the side effect of me being sick for over three weeks or Mm -hmm. just at home, but I'm so much better than what I was two weeks ago. Okay. That's good to hear. So like, let's say out of feeling a hundred percent, what percentage do you feel you're at? Like 90, because I do still feel like I have my head does get hot. I feel like I am still getting fevers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cough is finally just now going away. My appetite finally came back, but it's just, I keep getting little fevers and it freaks me out. I'm afraid that I'm going to keep getting it or if it's still in my system, I don't know. And I don't want to go to a hospital or outside even to get rechecked. Okay. So 
Thank you for sharing that. When you say you're getting little fevers, and we'll dive deeper into all this a little later, like, but what do you mean, um, little fevers? Like, do you just get slightly hot all of a sudden, or? I have noticed my body temperature, my head, my forehead is still hot. Mm. I don't have a thermometer or anything, but it's not my normal body temperature. Okay, okay. So you're just feeling like heat. So it is like, like fevers in a sense. Okay, well... We're glad you're at 90%. Um, we're going to get into your whole coronavirus story uh, shortly. But um, as I have with my former guest and how I start this podcast, we're going to start with your New York story. I, I'd love to learn that. I'm sure the audience would love to learn that. So let's start there. Are you originally from New York, Manisha? No, um, I moved here from San Diego. I'm originally okay. from San Diego, moved here more than 10 years ago now or about 10 years ago so officially a new yorker yes okay so you're from san diego and um what has your experience been like in new york ever since being here well i was so laid back in san diego life is completely the opposite of what it is in new york and i've just i feel like this has just become so normal i love the hustle, the bustle, mm -hmm. the life of New York, the city, the people, everything about it, it just like grows on you. And every time I go back to San Diego, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go back to New York. Oh, really? Okay. So you wouldn't choose, you know, the West Coast of San Diego um, over New York. New York is like you now at this point, you'd say? I wouldn't. It is me. I love it. There's honestly like... um this love hate weird relationship I have with New York. And I feel like a lot of people have that. Um, mm -hmm. My heart is here. Yeah. It's my family's in San Diego. And for my kids sake, I do have obviously, um, as you know, two small yeah. boys. Yeah. I feel like it would just be a better lifestyle to raise kids in San Diego versus New York. Okay. So then you do see a future, uh, where you may be returning to San Diego at some point? I hope so. I want right. it. I want it. My family wants it. My kids even love San Diego. So do they? Yeah. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about them later. Um, but do do they not love New York? I mean, because they were born in New York. They're New York boys. They're New York boys. They were born in Manhattan. Um, my youngest one loves, you know, just going out, doing whatever. I love it because there's so much to do here. You just take a train or a bus and you can go to any museum. You can do absolutely whatever. Uh, we've gone to Central Park Zoo uh, hundreds of times. Right. Ever since uh, the oldest one was little. So every there's so much to do here. Um, right. But the older one is just, you know, he's a little more laid back. He likes yeah. He likes cars, you know, he wants to sit in the comfort of a car. Wow, okay. He hates the train, he hates all of that. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that, Manisha. I, um, you know, want to keep probing on your New York experience. Um, what do you specifically like and dislike about New York? It's um, hard to say now that we're stuck at home. I used to hate the crowds and now I miss that so much. Um, right. That's all I want is just people back on the street, just the living life again. Um, but I did love that as well. I just love 
all the different cultures and being able to walk from one block to another and you're in a completely, it feels like in a different world. Um, yeah. So that's my favorite. That's your favorite? What do you dislike? It was the crowd. It, it was oh, the crowd. But now I miss that. Okay, okay. So there's like a double-edged yeah, sword there. A okay. Sword. okay, I know. But seriously, there's, there's talks. Will it ever be the same again? Could, yeah. could you imagine a New York not being the same as it was? I think it will. New Yorkers are strong. They're, you know, we'll get through this. No, definitely we'll get through this. Just hopefully the same way, right? 100% back to the original New York. But okay, so you pretty much just answered my next question there, Manisha. And that was like, do you think the city will ever be the same again after coronavirus and, and this, this outbreak? Do, do you think, you know, people are going to be crammed in those subways again and, and, and not be more cautious? Do you think people will go to restaurants and you know, not keep three to six feet distances away from one another. I mean, New York is such a compact and dense city that that's bound to happen, but. I feel like people are going to be a little more cautious, more careful. I'm already, you know, okay. So even delivering food for me right now, I feel grossed out. Like it's in the back of my head, all I keep picturing, I feel like I keep picturing germs on everything. Mm. And I feel like New Yorkers or people, once it goes back to what is normal, whatever is supposed to be normal, um, and things are open, I feel like everyone's going to be just a little more cautious for a while until we get back into the routine of things or until the virus is just completely gone. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's 100% makes sense. And I hear you on the whole being cautious all the time of everything. Um, all right. So... This is my last New York question. And, you know, given we're in this situation, it kind of puts a different perspective as to when I used to ask it then to my guests. But, you know, what advice would you give to someone who is new to the city, who still wants to come to the city after this whole, you know, epicenter of the coronavirus? Um, well, the coronavirus is everywhere, unfortunately, but I know it's hit New York really bad. Um, but this city, the people, they are strong. They will recover. Um, Mm -hmm. it might not be normal for a while, but I guarantee everybody is just yearning, like to just want to go back to normal. So I feel like it will go back to normal a little faster, maybe just because everybody wants that, wants Mm -hmm. that norm again, you know? So Mm -hmm. even just going to the beaches, just walking out in the city, we all miss that. We're not meant to be stuck at home, especially if you're a New Yorker or especially if you even want to move to New York. That's what it's all about. It's not about living inside. It's about being out. That's why these apartments are smaller. That's why, you know, people are okay with living in tiny places because this isn't where we're spending our time. We're spending our time outside in the restaurants, out exploring, walking, Central Park. That is very true. That is very true. So then you do recommend people still making a move to New York, should that be what they want, as well as obviously traveling and visiting New York once all this clears. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't wait for the travelers and the visitors to come back just to get things back to normal. Um, yeah. Just because I am in hospitality and I do want that, you know, I want to see the hotels busy again. And I know it's going to be scary for people. Um, but that's what makes 
everything happen. You know, that's what makes yeah. the world go around. Exactly. It's what gives New York life, right? All added life to, yeah. to it. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your New York story with me, Manisha. You actually just segued into the perfect next segment, which is, you know, um, I'd love to learn more about your line of work and how you got your coronavirus. And for context, let's start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and your age and your health, if you're comfortable sharing that. Gossip Nista here. I've decided to start a spotlight section this season to help spread the word about small businesses related to New York. Earlier this year, I announced my New York wedding was featured in a magazine called Destination I Do. So if you're planning a future wedding or just need a beautiful destination escape, head on over to their website and pick up a spring or summer issue in which you'll catch me and my husband. Now, this would not have been possible without our amazing New York photographer, Jalen Studios in New York. Be sure to check out their website and be ready to get lost in their beautifully crafted love stories in photography and videography. Lastly, want to hear and tune in to more New York news? Head on over to Bold TV and New York-based broadcasting digital network where you can catch me on one of their latest episodes and so much more. Thanks for listening. Now back to Manisha's story. I'm 21. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm 21 too. <laughs> I think I'm 34. I okay. Track. I I I'm 34. Okay. Um, I live in Harlem. I just moved here actually um, this past summer from Queens, Astoria. Okay. And I work in hospitality. Um, I work in hotels as a sales manager. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But my health has always been perfect. Honestly. Really? Yeah, my whole life. So just getting the coronavirus, um, I realized how hard it could be on somebody who does have health issues or somebody who's older. Because I honestly felt like I was dying. Like oh my God. It, it just took me apart. Um, wow. I can't even, I don't even know. Like I, I just, I was alone. My kids were with their father for the past three weeks now. Um, I am living here alone. I don't have family here. I mm -hmm. have a few friends. Thank God for them. Yeah. Um, but it completely, you know, it disabled me. So I can't oh imagine somebody who is older who has to go through that. And it makes sense why it's a higher risk for older people and they're passing away um, and they're dying from it. People are dying every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. That was so hard to hear. And I can't imagine you having gone through it. Like I got body chills all over my body. And I'm, I'm again, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you are recovered and, and, you know, telling us the story. People need to hear it from a firsthand perspective like you. I was getting upset in the beginning, um, hearing, you know, celebrities just come out. It, it was so hard to get tested at first for a lot of people that I kept hearing if they felt symptoms or whatever, whatnot. Um, it was hard to just get tested. Everyone's like, oh, you don't fit the profile. What is the profile? We're in New York City. We're all exposed to it. 
Um, and then celebrities would come out with no symptoms and say, I have the virus as if this was this cool thing to have. And, oh, I don't have symptoms. Just stay home. I'm going to self-quarantine. I'm like, and then, so people think, oh, okay, they, they seem fine. Mm-hmm. And you have people still going out because you don't see the truth behind it or, you know, it affects everybody differently. Yeah. It's obviously different a celebrity getting the virus versus an everyday person. The celebrity has means that are more readily available to them, like in doctor homes and testings and millions of dollars to support their health, right? Versus someone who's trying to go to a hospital and, and getting a test and them having to wait and things along those lines. I had to, I mean, uh, at the end, no m- amount of money can, you know, make a person healthy or whatever. Everybody did have their own experience with it, I guess. Um, but it was just that the celebrities were in your face, kind of. It was on the media, you know, showing, oh, this, they look healthy, they look fine. Right. But they're not showing what it actually is, uh, right? We, we'd like to hear their actual perspective and maybe that'll hold people from going out versus like, exactly. That's why, and I, you hear all these um, different, you, you know, it's all, I can't even explain it. It's just false information out there. Like, oh, so-and-so can't get sick. Oh, I can't get sick. Oh, nothing is going to happen to me. I'm young, I'm right. this, I'm that, I'm immune to it, whatever it is. And they still keep going out. Even in my neighborhood, I hear people outside just hanging out. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then your number one recommendation would be to just stay home. People stay home. Really? It's it's not going to get any better if you go outside. Okay, you're young, you're healthy. That's great. You can have the virus just like, you know, any other person. And then they go and see their mom or their dad or somebody older and get them sick. And that's how it's just being I think I I don't know where I honestly I don't know where I got it. Obviously, I do work at a hotel, so it's that was the next question. Okay, yeah. So let's let's thank you for starting. I'm sorry to interrupt, but so where do you think you got it? And I mean, for context, you you work at a large hotel. You're a sales manager. Um, Tell us if if you think that's where it started and when it started. Um, So my normal everyday life before this, I would get up take my son to school, get on a bus, take a train, go to work. Um, I was actually transitioning in between two jobs. I believe I got it at my old job. It was literally, I feel like I started getting symptoms, um, but I was, I didn't know anything about it. I just pushed it off. Like it was just coughing. Mm. Um, and it is a, it was a large hotel, over 700 rooms. There's a lot of airlines that come into that hotel. There's, you know, everybody touching everything, doorknobs, all of that good stuff, elevators. It could have been anywhere, honestly. And then, um, there, after I left that hotel, I started a new job at another large hotel with airlines and all of that. But I, I did have a cough before that. Mm -hmm. Um, and my second week at that hotel, I just dropped one day. Like I was completely fine. I was playing with the kids. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, it just felt like a truck hit me, like just right over my body. And I was up. I remember just being up that night 
crying and hurt like my body was so just just cramped my toes were cramped I couldn't even straighten out my legs right. um I started getting a fever I was coughing a lot I was in so much pain so 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 that night you got the few okay so just to break it down for people I'm sorry to interrupt you um but so you're you're saying you potentially may have started experiencing the symptoms two weeks earlier right like because so and you're not 100% sure, but you were fine. You didn't feel anything. You had started to develop a, a cough at that point. Like, was it a dry cough? Was it a, a wet cough? I don't, it was just a dry cough for like two weeks. And I've never had that experience. I've never been a cougher. Um, you know, when, even when I get sick, I don't cough like that. It, if it, I do, it lasts one or two days. Um, and it was weird that it was just lingering and I kept taking medicine. I, I just had, I had gone through a few bottles actually of whatever I could find, Dayquil, whatever it was just to soothe my cough. Right. Um, and the second week of my new job, mm-hmm. I start, I just feel like I, I, it all came on at one time. Okay. Okay. And then, so you said you were playing with your kids one day in the morning, uh, at nighttime and nighttime, um, nighttime. at nighttime. And when I went to bed, I just felt, I, it felt like I could not sleep that night. Um, I was actually in bed crying. Oh my God. I was in so much pain. And I don't, I've had two kids. I don't cry wow. pain. Okay. It was horrible. It, honestly it was like knives just being stuck into my chest knives were being stuck into my leg in every part of my body it just felt like there was knives just being stuck in my back my bones everything it was just like a shiver a shiver and extreme pain and and and, yeah. and did the fever begin at this time as well yeah so i went the next mor- morning um i did uh my aunt and my nanny were with me that mm-hmm. week. Um, they told me to go to the emergency room. I didn't want to go there because that's mm-hmm. when, you know, coronavirus was just coming out. Everybody was getting laid off. I got laid off that week, actually. So wow. I'm like, let me just go to urgent care. I know how the emergency rooms work. It's hectic. It's crazy. I don't want to be exposed to it if I just have a feet like a, the flu or something. And the, it was quiet in there the, uh, at urgent care. Um, the doctor was really nice to me. He just walked me through it, talked, um, said, don't worry. And they have the wrong information too. Oh, you're a young, healthy girl. Right. They told you that? Yeah. yeah. Like, don't worry. It's not coronavirus. But he did test me just in case because the flu test came back negative. The flu test took like, you know, a few minutes, came okay. back negative. Um, then he did the Corona test and said, don't worry, you're fine. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, great. I don't have the Corona. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then they gave me a paper once I'm all checked out and whatnot. And they're like, you'll get your results in five to seven days. I'm like, oh, great. Like it's going to take five to seven days to, you know, what am I supposed to do? Right. I mean, okay, let me stop you here. (laughs) Sorry, thank you for sharing this much. I just, again, I I, want to stop while we're talking to break down some things so that way we get the full picture. And I know there's going to be questions people have in their minds that they're going to be like, why did she ask? So I'm just stopping to ask, right? Um, That way I don't forget. So 
Okay, so let's go back to the beginning where you said um, two weeks earlier you started feeling like you were getting these symptoms. About what time of the month was that? Like when? February, the end of February? And then when was the day that you had the actual fever? The, you, you were shivering. Do you remember specifically? No idea. Um, March something. like. Okay, because, because you know, because I saw you two days prior to the day that you told me that you just had shivers that Monday. We saw each other Saturday and yes, then I definitely Monday and, and, and okay. So now I'm a little freaked out, Manisha, because you're telling me that you it's had two three weeks. It has been three weeks and I haven't gotten anything that, I mean, you know, but every day, every day I'm like, living in this paranoia and and this is not even based on me had having interaction with you right Mm -hmm. it was just on going out to get groceries being in my own home being with my husband like and and now i'm freaking out but um it's been three weeks so i'm clear i'm sure of that Mm -hmm. that's big it's been like a month since i've seen you it's been a while yeah Yeah. but it, it was um okay so but when did this this day happened. I, I believe it was like in the beginning of, of March. Was, um, it was like March 7th or something like that. March 7th or 8th. Yeah. yeah. That's probably when you got the extreme shivers. And this is about the time also that the news was coming out with that this was, you know, outbreaking more so than not. Well, actually, March 7th. It was probably, it was on um, March 16th, actually. I'm looking at the calendar that I just, that's when all the symptoms hit me. Oh, wow. Okay, so then I saw you March 14th because that was Saturday. Okay, so March 16th, and we're on April 9th today, guys. That's for context for you. Hoping I bring this podcast out sooner versus later. But okay, so then it's, it's pretty much a good, like, three weeks, three weeks that, we've last seen each other and this has happened. So, okay. So thank you for sharing those specifics. So you go to the doctor the next day on the 16th or the 17th, right? Um, you, which, which hospital did you go to? If you don't mind my asking. The city MD, one of these. Uh, oh, so one next to you. Yeah. Okay. And were you, was it hard to be seen? Was it, it wasn't as crazy then? And then a doctor saw you and, and, and you got a flu test. Flu test was right away. They told you you don't have a flu. Then they took a coronavirus. And he told you then it takes five to seven days. And then you go back home. Well, I go back home. Um, it was just, it, it was that week. That's when everybody, you know, nobody was really working. Everybody was told to stay home but it mm-hmm. hadn't been mandated. I don't think it was in New York yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I come home. I have no idea what to even do. They're just like, oh, I'm like, I have two small kids at home. I have a nanny at home. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, just self-isolate, try to stay away from the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what kind of advice is that really? Because I don't know how like you don't know how you're going to infect the kids if they've already been exposed. If not, obviously they were exposed. Um, I tried to stay away from them as much as I possibly could that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the 17th, I was really bad. The 18th mm-hmm. comes, I was still really sick. The 19th, I felt 
like, oh, I'm good. It was just a minor flu or something. It passed mm-hmm. and really? everything went away. Okay. And I started noticing on the 20th, I couldn't breathe. Okay. Um, it was Out really weird. Huh? Out yeah. of nowhere. Okay. Nowhere. I just couldn't breathe. Um, it was really hard just inhaling. You know, I felt like I was gasping for air. Um, and I started coughing again. And then all of my symptoms came right back. All the body aches, all the pain, everything. Um, wow. And my kids were supposed to be with their dad that weekend anyway. So he picked them up, took them. Um, and I was still stuck in bed. On Saturday, I finally got a phone call. And like, so you've been po- uh, tested positive for coronavirus. Okay. So it took about five days. Um, the second I, you know, my nanny found out she bounced. My aunt bounced. Wow. Like, well, if you've been exposed, you've been exposed. I, okay. I don't think it's fair, you know, for anybody else to be exposed to it at this right, point. Right, right. Like, okay, but let's let's stop there. And this is an important, uh, you know, question to ask. Um, so you, you said you had a live-in nanny. You had your aunt that was staying with you. And then you had your, your two little boys. Tell us your two little boys' name and their age. Uh, Yusuf is eight years old and Yasin is uh, three years old. They're so adorable, guys. Okay, they're so cute. Okay, so then they've been gone from your house since that later that week, right? Everyone has. Have they been exposed is a question that everyone's probably thinking on the back end here. Are they fine? Are they, is everyone okay? Yeah, thankfully everyone is fine. Um, My kids, thank God, nothing was wrong with them. I knew their dad's family was a little freaked out Mm because, you know, I was with them and they didn't want to get sick. Um, So it's, it was hard, but I kept calling, monitoring, seeing if they were okay, if they've been coughing or they feel, you know, anything. My older one always complains about little stuff, I think, Mm -hmm. to get out of, you know, school. Oh, my throat hurts, my this hurts, that hurts. so he started complaining one morning. I'm like, my throat hurts um, when he was uh-huh. clean. That kind of freaked me out, but right. he, he just, was okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. And, and the nanny and the aunt too? Yeah. Um, they've called to keep, you know, checking up on me. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry we left you. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you guys are wasting my time, but it's fine. Oh, I'm so sorry too. I mean, it would be great to have had someone, right? But again, the exposure. You don't want them to be exposed. I didn't want them to end up getting sick. I didn't want it to be the cycle. If I finally started feeling better and then they're feeling sick and just to have to go right. through that. I didn't right. honestly take care of anybody while I was sick either. So Right, right. Because you would be in the same household. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's another like, I'm sure like stress that people are going through right now. What if like my significant, me, let me put it that way. What if my significant other gets the virus, right? What if I get the virus? How do we quarantine within the same house? And we're kind of setting up a strategy. Um, but even then, are you even, you know, like risk-free from it not happening? But Okay. Um, so you did mention that the sy- symptoms began for you. Actually, they began really great and big and then they got mild. And then it happened again. And then for the rest of how long had you been sick for? Like how long this whole thing last? And did it get 
worse after the breathing part and tell us about the breathing part you that's where you left off um it was pretty bad just um it was it was always something different honestly every single day uh the body ache was there it was killing me i couldn't sleep i honestly just would stay up like to you know sleep for 2 hours wake up for 3 4 hours tossing and turning um just because i was in so much pain and i couldn't eat i couldn't do anything um i honestly just felt disabled and i think wow. it was on a tuesday the next week after i had already gone to urgent care mm-hmm. then to the 24th mm-hmm. i ended up um I was on the phone with my dad. We were on, you know, WhatsApp just video chatting cuz they kept calling my parents kept calling checking up on me and I was coughing so much that I just couldn't breathe. I felt like I was having to inhale for air. Um and every time I would open my mouth or inhale, it was cho- I was choking wow. on air. So okay. it was just really difficult to breathe honestly. Um and he's like just call an ambulance please just call an ambulance so i ended up calling for an ambulance um i couldn't even stand up i was like passed out on my couch just kind of hunched over and then they finally came they wouldn't come inside i didn't know what to do i didn't know if i was supposed to go outside because they right. knew it did have it did take a little while just yeah. to get through to a dispatcher just getting one dispatcher being transferred to one in new york being transferred to one here in um the city I'm like this is a whole process okay so let me stop you there so then I'm sorry I have to stop you at least I, I want you to continue we all want to hear and I hope people don't get upset that I'm stopping but okay so you couldn't breathe it was really hard it was at a point you had to call you know for help cuz one you don't have anyone with you yeah. two you called 911 I called 911 Okay. 911 and you said there was a process of like, you know, them picking up and dispatching you to someone in New York cuz they probably answer somewhere else and and then how long before you actually spoke to someone and how long did that take and then how long did the ambulance take to get to you? Um the whole speaking process probably took 5 minutes of okay. getting through to the correct person, I guess. It were it did take the ambulance to get here maybe 10 or 15 minutes. It okay. took probably 10 minutes just to get to the front and then they were just hanging out outside for like 5 minutes. I don't know if they were preparing themselves because they knew that I did have uh, the virus. Mm-hmm. Um so they were suited up. They had these you know this uh robe kind of just protecting themselves and mm-hmm. he finally came inside asked me to walk out. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was taken to Lenox Hill Hospital. Mm, okay. Okay. So so then they took you there and then what happened? Um all of the nurses and doctors it wasn't that bad like mm-hmm. every bed was full but I feel like they're just trying to get people in and out. I don't know how it is now and how crazy it is now but it wasn't as bad that day. They're just mm-hmm. literally lined up. I was pulled out on stretcher, you know, there mm-hmm. and I felt like an alien almost just being looked at and like evaluated uh, just just being stared at and i felt just bad for being there cuz i'm like oh i don't like i did something wrong i'm being right. you know um and i i know they're all afraid 
and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be there. I didn't right. want to expose anybody else. Um, I had my face mask, everything. They wheeled me into another room that was kind of closed off from everybody for just people. It was only two people allowed, two beds uh-huh. in there. Um, uh-huh. They didn't have enough space. There was another male in there and they mm-hmm. closed off the door for anybody who does have coronavirus. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, I guess they didn't have enough room. They wanted me to be secure away from everybody. And mm-hmm. just because my breathing was bad at that point and um, I had a fever, I was dehydrated from just not being able to even get up to get water or anything. They put like three bags. It was just literally three bags of fluid they gave me. um, Mm -hmm. And they put some serum, I don't know, I guess antibiotics in me. Mm -hmm. Um, Drew some blood for more testing. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted to monitor me uh, for my breathing because it was really bad. So they rolled me kind of to the nurse's station in my own little section, closed off with the curtain. Um, and I think the anxiety anxiety of it all, I started hyperventilating, which just wow. caused me to not breathe even more. You know, some one random, um, what the EMT, this random EMT guy comes, he's like, you need to calm down. You're hyperventilating. I can see you breathing from here like really fast because it was just on Trump, you know, talking about the coronavirus. They're like, you need to stop talking about the, you know, you need to stop just thinking about the virus, relax your mind. It kind of brought me to ease. Um, Good. They got my heart, my, my heart rate was just way too fast as well. Okay. Um, They got my oxygen level normal. They brought down my fever and they said they didn't want to hold me overnight. There was okay. no they're like, if you can't breathe again, or if you're having difficulty breathing, you can come back. Okay. They so are you on, were you on a ventilator whatsoever? Did you need any, did they do anything for the breathing for you? Um, how, oxygen, oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. Okay. Mm-hmm. No ventilator, right? That's different. Okay. Um, sorry. So then they released you and said, to just again self isolate, um, just to take Tylenol if for my fever, not to take anything else, um, and that was it. They honestly didn't know what else I could possibly do. I didn't, you know. I, I feel like everybody's just kind of lost at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, "Come back if I was having trouble breathing again." Okay. Okay, so then you get home. This is a Tuesday, the 24th. You get back home, and then you're what are the symptoms moving forward from here on out? Um, I was still having a lot of body ache, I couldn't get up to mm-hmm. even um, eat food at that point. Even getting outside, my you and other friends would deliver have uh, food delivered to me or they would just home make some soup and drop it off right at my doorstep and I would go get it. But I started getting really nauseous at this point. Mm. Um, I was grossed out by any smell of food, Mm. anything, um, even drinking a little bit of water. I had a bag right next to my bed in case I couldn't make it to the bathroom. Um, I actually, the first two times I, threw up all over the floor just 
trying to get to the bathroom and there was it was just water like I, I couldn't eat anything whatever I would intake I would throw up why why it just because I think it, I, I have no idea I was very nauseous for some reason for a few days after that maybe four or five days um and I was coughing so much every time I would cough it was so bad that it would make me throw mm-hmm. up okay okay and and you just couldn't hold anything down because of the cough. And you said smells were not working with you as well. You could smell it. It was just, it wasn't even like I had lost my taste, but like I couldn't smell and I couldn't taste. And then I started smelling food and it just didn't smell right. You know that when you just feel nauseous, everything right. is disgusting to you. Um, I couldn't even drink juice or anything. It just made right. me, it just made me vomit. Wow. Okay. I was getting dehydrated from not being able to drink, not being able to eat. I started getting migraines that made it even worse. So it was just like this never ending cycle that I couldn't even, you know, if I even took um, Tylenol, I would throw that right back up. Right. Because you had nothing in your stomach to sustain it and everything was coming out. Wow. Oh my gosh. So you were for the most part, not eating much or anything throughout this time and trying to trying to hydrate but even that wasn't sticking no correct um I lost 10 pounds at wow. that point. Okay. I don't mind getting it all back I've been eating non-stop now oh god I'm glad you have an appetite that's okay we're all gonna gain about 15 to 20 pounds during this time so um okay so I'm sorry I had a question there and then and then I lost it so you couldn't eat so how long do you feel you were sick in total like fully sick and then started coming back when? Um, good two and a half weeks, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, a few days ago, I just like, a, it's been a few days, but I started feeling slowly going back to normal. Uh, it was just being able to get up and have enough energy to go make something to eat. Mm. I started slowly having enough energy to even just take a shower. I started having energy just to, you know, I, I had no energy to even watch TV. Yet. Wow. I couldn't even get into the living room, just being able to sit on the couch, watch some movies, distract myself. Right. And then having enough energy to clean my mom is like stop worrying about cleaning right now don't worry I'm like no I want to disinfect everything so I did disinfect everything just bleach honestly I've been pouring bleach on everything for a few days ago but um okay so then during the time you were fully sick and in about two and a half week period you were mostly sleeping I'm assuming because you mentioned you couldn't cook you couldn't get up that much like I mean obviously if you had to go to the bathroom you would force yourself but so you were in that much you know strain and pain and fatigue that you were mostly sleeping is that correct to say or what were you doing I would I was literally just in bed for those two and a half weeks I wasn't able to sleep much um Mm -hmm. just because I would cough or something would happen or just the body pain, the stabbing pains. Um, but I, I think I have an indent in my bed right now from laying there so much. Aww, aww. That's, well, I'm sure it'll go away and we'll get you a new bed. Okay. Um, 
All right. So again, so happy to have you recovered, Manisha. What would you say got you through this? Like, how did you get through this? Breasting helps. Eating soup if you can. I on it. My mom was on the phone with me for the past three weeks, mm-hmm. maybe twenty hours a day, wow. just on video. Twenty mm-hmm. hours. She'll watch me sleep. Just her prayers. Her, all of my family prayers. Um, I did make a lot of just hot water and would put lemon in it, mm-hmm. put ginger, boil ginger. I know those are little home remedies, but I feel like it got me my strength back. It did. Um, I would boil garlic, ginger, whatever, honey, mm-hmm. and lemon in water and just drink that like four or five times a day. Okay. Okay. So your family support and, and, you know, them watching over you. And then also you mentioned people sense over things and try to, you know, keep you sustained and and give you, you know, that they were here support as well. And um, yeah, I'm thankful for the people who showed up, you know, in the time that I needed it. Um, It, it really, my heart just like, yeah, is so thankful for everyone. Yeah. We're all thankful that you are a hundred, nearly a hundred percent recovered, right? So, okay. Um, anything I missed that you'd want to say? No, I'm just thankful. I feel like um, even this whole quarantine and just being alone or being a, out of the outside world, it brings everything into perspective. What's important in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. I know it's a horrible situation, but maybe we all needed it. Um, I think we all needed a break. I worked for like the past 17 years of my life straight. This is the first time that I've just been home, Mm -hmm. being able to, as much as I possibly can, relax, at least for the last few days. The first few weeks were horrible, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but Mm -hmm. I feel like the next month that we are home, Mm enjoy it right. enjoy who you're with right even if you're by yourself just enjoy that that time because yeah. we're never going to get this again you're right I know it's a horrible situation but just make the best of it 100 percent. And, and thank yeah. you thank you for sharing that perspective it's much needed because of all you know you have actually gone through the virus and at the same time you had mentioned you know, you work in the hospitality industry and you were furloughed, meaning, you know, you were let go for now, but you will be returning in the future. And again, it is time that you're able to take to yourself at this point. Gossip Nista here. If you or anyone you know have been affected by the coronavirus and would like to share your story in hopes that it helps someone else, please reach out to me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the Gossip Nista podcast. Manisha, so I realize you know you you kind of described a lot of the symptoms you've had during the virus. Um, there's a lot of symptoms that the media is putting out there uh, based on you know reports that people are getting, and I kind of want to just compare and contrast if you had 
all these symptoms and if uh, that's the case so i mean some of the symptoms they're saying that you get is fever you got that right yes okay um dry cough yeah body aches and pains yes yes okay um tiredness fatigue yeah difficulty breathing yes sore throat uh, no, I didn't have sore throat. No sore throat. Okay. Um, nasal congestion? Congestion? Yeah. I still feel like I have it now. Okay. Um, pink eye? I did, and I didn't know why. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't a pink eye. I just, my, uh, not a pink eye, I guess, but my eye, the blood vessels were like popping. Mm, around the eyes? Yeah, around the eyes. Wow. The inside, the white part. Mm-hmm. What is that? The white part of my eyeball. The people, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, you did say you lost smell and taste. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you pretty much checked off most all the symptoms. Wait, there's one here. Um, uh, digestive, diarrhea, any of that? Nope. No? Okay. Well, okay. So you did check off all the lists. And then as we were thinking right now, um, it starts as a dry cough, but it does become a wet cough, meaning you have mucus at some point. Yeah. When did that start? Like a week in, two weeks in? Um, maybe two weeks in. Okay. Okay. So then it all starts leaving your body, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Um, all right. So our last segment, Manisha, um, you know, how to prevent this. Um what do you recommend uh you know people do to prevent from getting this um just stay home be careful try to interact the least amount you possibly can um i know you have to go out and get groceries i tried ordering groceries online and it's nearly impossible mm-hmm. from here to california it's nearly impossible yeah. i put in order it's been a week they haven't even confirmed it they took my money, but they have not confirmed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to interrupt you there. I'm 100% agree, agreeing with you because as I was um, trying to send you over things, I, I downloaded every app I could, like Instacart. Let me actually look at my phone. Um, Instacart, Fresh Direct, uh, Thrive Market, um, and then Postmates and Seamless and everything. Right? There was a backup until like four to five days then. And I was like, wait, I need to get something to her today. Um, Seamless is an app we use here for food delivery, but um, luckily uh, there's also some uh, stores that Seamless has that are like Bodega Food, and they also do deliver um, medications. It's only like like single packages, um, but you can if you're in dire need, right, to 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 get some medication to you. Um, but then what I ordered um, that you know was quick for medication for you was Postmates. Postmates. Um, works with drugstores like Dwayne Reeds and Walgreens and various others to get medication delivered to you. But food-wise, unless you're ordering takeout, you know, that's still going to come to you. But like groceries, that's taking forever. Yeah, impossible. And if they want us to stay home and not go out to get groceries, because people are going out, people, that's why it's spreading so much and so fast. Um, and they need to do something. I, I even tried Amazon Fresh. I tried everything possible, Girl. and it's it's not possible. That's what I tried Amazon too. I was like, I'm just gonna send a bunch of juices from Amazon, and it, everything was sold out. 
sold out. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and I haven't even looked now because my husband and I, we are literally doing what technically you we should be avoiding. And it's going into the grocery stores. We have so many grocery stores around us and it's just so easy for us to go. But it is like, you know, putting on our mask, putting on our gloves and making sure we keep social distance and, and, and not trying to be around anyone. But it's chaotic in these places. And some of them, because they're New York stores, they're so small too. Not all of them are taking the measures to, you know, let only certain amount of people in. Um, they're just letting everyone in. Some are taking the measures where they have a line waiting outside for, for certain people to go in. Um, but it's crazy. And then we tried to go to Trader Joe's the other day, um, right before it opened, it was 9 AM. There was a line of a um, hundred people around the block at six feet apart prior to going in. So it, it's crazy. But if you have to go out, just buy your stuff at least for the next two weeks. So you can stay home for at least two weeks. I know it's kind of impossible, but I recommend that. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's what we should be doing. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, don't worry about like, you know, toilet paper and stuff. I don't know why people stocked up on that and not food. Right? That's exactly what my other friends said. They're like, why is everyone on the toilet paper thing? Like, you can find napkins and various other things, but food. Okay. Um, so say, you know, worst case scenario, someone does come down the coronavirus do you or feel like they have those symptoms do you feel they should go into a hospital to get treatment and get the test or at this point should people just be staying home self-isolating if they think they have it and kind of let it ride through just stay home it's not worth it what if you don't have it and you go and get exposed to it it's just a scary thought um obviously they're saying call beforehand if you do have it and the hospitals are just so overwhelmed now anyway mm-hmm. that they're going to turn you away, most likely. Mm-hmm. They can test you. It's still going to take a few days. Yeah. Um, so as long as you're having, you know, if you're fine and you're not having difficulty breathing, there's no point of going to a hospital because there's nothing they can do. There's no medication. There is no treatment. So right. just stay home and self-isolate. And if you do have the symptoms and you don't know, just think that you have it and do the same procedure as they tell you to do. Because most likely you, pr- you probably honestly have it if you have those symptoms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%. Manisha, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Literally hearing firsthand perspective from someone that's gone through it. And you're the strongest person I know. Seriously, you've gotten through like, the biggest hurdle any any of us can get through right and you're a mother of two and you know I mean you are the story you know that everyone should actually listen to for inspiration so glad to know you can't wait to actually physically see you and um I appreciate you thank you for having me of course stay healthy thank you bye-bye Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Mista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Mista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live in breathe New York City like I do and want even more, 
Go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Nista.